It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Boston Celtics traded away Marcus Smart and got back Chris Porzingis. But Boston is just getting started. Also, could Carl Anthony Towns be on his way out of Minnesota? And a former Razorback legend has passed away. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Boston Celtics made a monster trade. Then they they didn't. And, and then they made a different one. So where do they go from here with a guy who thinks he was just traded and after losing Marcus Marpa, bringing in Chris Stapps Porzingis, John Corrales from Locked On Celtics, joins me now to try and unpack all of that. And then there is also the decision on Jalen Brown, the, what, $250 million decision, John? So let's start yeah. with where this team goes from the trade because they've got to figure out fit. They lose Marcus Smart. They have what to do with Malcolm Brogdon. There's a lot of pieces with this, where are you looking at? Well, I, I do question whether Malcolm Brogdon can return to the Celtics. I mean, he's a pro. He knows how the business works. And it, he very easily can chuck it up to say, hey, this is how it was supposed to be. But now here I am. And and just, I think if I was Malcolm Brogdon, I'd say, I wanted to be here the whole time. This is the, uh, this is the, the chance to win a championship. This is this is my opportunity to, you know, to to win. I love these guys and and great. It all worked out in the end for me. However, if there's any thought that he might not be uh in in the right mindset, then then I think you might have to move him. So it it's still there's still a lot of moving parts here for Boston. I think the Marcus Smart trade was just the beginning. I think they have to do more. Uh there's still the issue of getting below that second apron and staying far enough below to remain flexible. Brad Stevens has told the media that uh, that's a priority. So yeah, they, you know, they're going to introduce Kristaps Porzingis this week. Uh, I assume that means that there's going to be an extension done and then you got to move forward from there. And how do you move forward while staying within the parameters of this new CBA, which by the way, hasn't even been fully written yet. Presumably, if you move Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon has to be part of the solution to fill some of those minutes. So theoretically, if you're right. So if you're if you're thinking, hey, we don't know if this situation is okay with Malcolm Brogdon, don't you first do everything you have to do to smooth that relationship over if it needs smoothing? And if you can't, where do you where do you look to see if you can find some answers? Yeah, I, I think you you look to see if any of these teams that might need a point guard are still in the market. Maybe, maybe the Clippers have a change of heart, having a chance to kind of look at the medicals and, and maybe have a little bit more time with him. Uh, maybe another team comes in and says, Hey, he could be the missing piece for us. Um, or maybe you just go to one of the cap space teams and, and like a Houston, Houston seems to be looking for veteran help and veteran leadership. Maybe Brogdon there, 
uh, could be an answer to to help mentor some of those guys. Uh, but yeah, and actually he, play with Ime Udoka, and actually play with the guy that he was supposed to play with when he came over to Boston. That's a good point. Uh, so yeah, th- there there are options there, but I I think the goal is to still just go into the season. If he, if he's going to stick around, yeah, you got to smooth things out. And then you just got to say, look, come back do the same thing you did last year, maybe with a full off season of this particular coach with this particular team, we can figure out how to smooth out some of the rough edges from this past season, which yeah, you won six man of the year, but there were still some rough edges there that kind of prevented him from, from kind of blossoming in the playoffs for the Celtics. Given everything we know at the moment, or we think we know, let's be clear about that, about this new CBA, what kind of financial flexibility does Boston have to actually make any additional moves that they need to make, especially once they've given Jalen Brown the money that he is expected to get? So the Jalen Brown money kicks in the following season. So it doesn't impact them right now. They, they have some flexibility. But if you want to sign long-term deals with anybody, that money matters, right? Of course it does. Of course it does. But they do have this summer to kind of get their ducks in a row, so to speak. Sure. Um, so it, it does matter long term. But for the for the in the short term, they can they can say, hey, look, we're going to make this one last run with you know whatever we can pile up some contracts, and they can sign and trade Grant Williams. They can try and turn Malcolm Brogdon into into somebody else who's more useful that fits better. Uh, if that was so, if if they so choose. And then they can turn around and make trades next summer to kind of get away from some of those, those um, difficulties that they might face. Stay up to date all year on the Boston Celtics by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Celtics on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, could the T-Wolves be moving on from Carl Anthony Towns? Before we answer that, a Warriors guard is electing free agency. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. The Cubs have been surging lately and faced the Phillies for the second time in a three-game set. FanDuel has the Cubs even money on the money line. You can even increase your winning by putting together a same-game parlay and string together some players you think will get a hit or go big with a home run parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Dante DiVincenzo will decline his $4.7 million player option with the Golden State Warriors and enter free agency. 
A healthier DiVincenzo, played in 72 games, proved to be one of the most reliable depth pieces on a Golden State team that shuffled through a number of players throughout the season. Injuries have been what have held back DiVincenzo in his NBA career, going back to his time with the Milwaukee Bucks. Rob Palinga is not phased by how the Lakers' rivals have attacked this offseason. I think if there's ways that we can improve the roster, of course we're going to do that. I think probably less focus of, hey, what is Team X or Team Y doing, and more focus on how can we optimize us. Um, we say it all the time, but we have one singular goal. It's to add the 18th banner, um, and that's our focus. So. Heading into the next couple days, we're going to do all we can to maximize that opportunity. Um, and yeah, teams are going to be aggressive. There's a lot of parity in the league right now, and everyone smells an opportunity to, to chase a championship. But uh, we're going to try our best to stay in that pack or at the head of that pack. On the diamond, the Phillies took down the Cubs at Wrigley. And that'll do it, folks. The Philadelphia Phillies take down the Chicago Cubs 5-1 out there in the Windy City. Connor Thomas, your host of Locked On Phillies. What a start by Ranger Suarez, who just put together one of the most impressive months of pitching in Philadelphia Phillies history. In June, he was unbelievable. I mean, the guy's one of the best pitchers on planet Earth right now. Brandon Marsh goes yard twice with the wind blowing in strongly out there at Wrigley Field. I mean, that's a great game by him. The defense, outstanding. One error early by Trey Turner and a base running error by Trey Turner as well, but hard to nitpick after a game like that. Just a very comfortable, solid win by the Philadelphia Phillies, which is what happens when you get great starting pitching. I said today on the podcast, you're probably going to need to score about five runs to win with Rangers Suarez on the mound. The Phillies score five, they win easily with Rangers Suarez on the mound, and we get to talk about a win on tomorrow's episode of Lot Going Phillies. Tune in. New Jersey's meant newfound scoring for the Pirates as they beat the Padres. In the debut of the Pittsburgh Pirates City Connect jerseys, they finally found a connection between the bat and the ball as 16 hits and 9 runs propel the Pittsburgh Pirates over the San Diego Padres 9-4 on Tuesday night. It was the first time in almost two weeks since June 14th to be exact that the Pittsburgh Pirates have scored more than four runs in a game. Rich Hill goes six innings, allowing four runs. Rowanzi picks up his first professional save, going three scoreless innings down the stretch. Henry Davis had a big night. Nick Gonzalez got his first MLB hit and first MLB home run, hitting a 442-feet shot to center field. As the Pittsburgh Pirates win 9-4, my name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast. And the Cardinals show why they aren't dead yet against the Astros on Tuesday. Tis only a flesh wound. It's games like this that make it hard to count out the St. Louis Cardinals just yet. It's JD from Locked On Cardinals, and on Tuesday night, we had the makings of a pitcher's duel at Bush Stadium with the Astros starting for Amber Valdez, one of the top left-handed pitchers in all of baseball against the Cardinals' Jordan Montgomery, who's had an excellent June. Runs were going to be at a premium, and after falling behind early 2 to nothing, the Cardinals' offense came to life, scoring in three consecutive innings to win this one 4-2. Monty was brilliant, recorded his fourth consecutive quality start. Paul DeYoung jumpstarts the offense with his 12th dinger of the year in just 52 games. He also had a sack fly. Jordan Walker extends his hitting streak to 16. Nolan Arnato, a couple of opposite field hits. 
Uh, Gallegos gets Monty out of that two-out bases loaded jam. Hicks continues to dominate. A great team win and hopefully a sign that this team is starting to turn the corner. For the latest updates and info, be sure to keep it locked on Cardinals. Here is another story you need to know. The Minnesota Timberwolves agreed to a three-year, $42 million deal with center Nas Reed, which has a lot of people doing the Brian Windhorst fingers. Why would they do that after trading for Rudy Gobert and ostensibly their best player or one of their best players? His best position is probably center in Carl Anthony Towns. Ben Beacon from Locked on Wolves joins me now. And, and Ben, the question I want to ask you is, did it make you, when you saw the news, do the fingers and go, why would they do this exactly? Which is another way of saying, what comes next? Because it feels like there is a next. Sure, it, it's certainly possible. And for the record, I I was wary of the Timberwolves giving Nas Reed anything close to what he got. But at the same time, um, lots of reports suggest he probably would have gotten a little bit more in unrestricted free agency. And so um, I think very likely the Wolves saw this as like, hey, this is good value, right? We get Nas Reed for an average annual value of $14 million, uh, two years plus a player option. He probably gets 15 or $16 million on the open market. So it's a very tradable contract. Um, so I, I have a feeling I know where you're going next, Peter, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible that, that there's another move coming after this, but, uh, if nothing else, they now have three bigs that yes, make a lot of money, but are all very good. And, and, um, at least in the case of towns and Nasri can both play the four. Um, so it's, it's good value. The contract is, um, but it is, it is a little bit head scratching when you consider the cap crunch that the wolves are, are in. You thought I was going to talk about Luca Garza next. No. Yeah, um, yeah. So that leads me to Carl Anthony Towns and his future on this team, because although he says that he's going to be remembered for having changed basketball um, so far, he has not changed Timberwolves basketball. So that, that has caused many to wonder. Many people are saying then that this was a presage to a Carl Anthony Towns trade. So what do you think the chances of that are now for Minnesota? And does it make sense for them? Yeah, I I don't actually know that you can draw a direct. I know it sounds crazy to to people who don't follow the Wolves. I don't know that I would draw a direct line between the Nas signing and the Towns trade possibility. But I will. You're you're correct in that it absolutely gives the Wolves. Um, I don't know if you call it a fall. I guess a contingency plan, right? So like you don't have to get back another big because you could play Nas next to Rudy Gobert or Nas plays some backup minutes at the five. It also plays some four. So you could trade Towns and get back picks and some other players that aren't necessarily backfilling. Towns minutes directly, right? So it does give you that contingency plan. Um, I've been saying on Lockdown Wolves for the last several weeks, I was putting the likelihood of a Towns trade. Uh, I was saying 75-25, he's on the roster on opening night this year. Um, I actually have a conversation, or probably by the time this airs, uh, Wednesday's show of Lockdown Wolves has Howard Beck on the program. And he uh, he believes differently. He thinks that Towns will be moved at some point in the next year and said, oh. actually, the word he used was shocked. Uh, he would be shocked if Carl Anthony Towns was not moved prior, whether it's this offseason or at the deadline next February. Um, so that surprised me a little bit because the Wolves are certainly saying all the right things publicly. Um, they obviously made the move for Gobert still less than a calendar year ago. So they, you know, front offices are they uh, will say they're. I, I think it's fair to say they're arrogant, right? Tim Connolly doesn't want to admit he screwed up less than a year sure. ago already. And Gobert and Towns only played about a third of the season together. So my mind all along has been they haven't really allowed this experiment to play out. I think they're going to give it a go and maybe things go terribly and they do pull the shoot in February and, and make a move. And then you still have Nas Reed for the next at least two seasons. 
um, to, to, to kind of backfill some of those minutes. Well, and remember what they did was more impressive than uh, what the, the Nuggets did because they've been together. So, the, you know, the, I'm, I'm, I'm making, if you haven't heard the, the, the yeah, quotes the from Carl Anthony Towns, um, Ben knows what I'm talking about, but, but the I think actually both Towns and Rudy, I believe Rudy Gobert tweeted something to the effect of referencing, of course, his time with the jazz, something about um, like, that's what happens when you let them stay together or something after a first round exit it, referencing the jazz breaking up the Donovan mm. Mitchell, Rudy Gobert jazz. So I believe both Rudy and Kat have made comments uh, since the Nuggets championship, which, you know, uh, I mean, we know how they look. Stay up to date all year on the Minnesota Timberwolves by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Wolves on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Arkansas is mourning the loss of a legend. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Former Arkansas quarterback Ryan Mallett tragically passed away on Tuesday. Locked On Razorbacks host John Neighbors has more. The point is, is that Ryan, Ryan had a lot going for him. And he was uh, not only a great Razorback quarterback, but just a guy who certainly seemed like he had a bright future in front of him in coaching and in helping out with kids and building that type of atmosphere and that type of culture that you would want to have in a football program. But um, it's tough. It's tough to really even wrap the head, my head around this. Uh, this has been... As far as Arkansas news goes, I can't think of a tougher, tougher thing to try to talk about or try to make sense out of than this. Again, I've, I've tried recording this podcast so many times, and uh, I, well, I first heard of the news, I didn't want to believe it. I was just in denial. I, didn't, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. I just talked to him. I just did it. Less than two months ago, I... Like we've been in touch. In fact, uh, I was like, "Tell him to come on my show you know, during the summertime and before football season starts." He said, "Absolutely, man. Just hit me up." I mean, it was just—I'm not saying that to say, like, for you know, making it about me, but I'm just saying that because it's it, when you have someone like him that you have that connection and, and seeing him and seeing him play and the and just the excitement that he always brought in. You know, when you think of Ryan Mallett, you think of the guy, the quarterback, the the big arm dude that just devastated defenses in the SEC and led Arkansas to one of their best seasons they ever had and brought fun passing to Arkansas for the first time ever, ever. He brought a passing game with him and just didn't do it with his legs. You know, he didn't do it with his athleticism. He didn't do it with... uh you know, just ha- being surrounded by nothing but five stars and was a game manager. He did it on, on his arm and up here in his mind. So when you think about him and think about all that and just knowing that he's, that he's no longer with us, 
That's tough. That's tough. But, you know, you could, people could remember him for different things. You know, there are things that happened in his life that some people would probably want to bring up or uh, make it about that. But to me, I, I want to remember the best things about Ryan and the things that brought, I think, every Razorback fan a lot of joy and excitement. I want to remember him for those big plays that he had, those big moments that he had, uh, being able to not back down from anybody, not be scared of anybody or any any defense out there or anything. It's like I, That's what I'm going to remember him by. And finally, Mets GM Billy Epler is not concerned about manager Buck Showalter. Epler said, Buck's had a good amount of adversity heaped his way. I think Buck's handled that adversity and he's the guy to get us back on track. The man in charge, Mets owner Steve Cohen, tweeted out that he will hold a press conference before Wednesday night's game, and his tone sounded far less consoling. The tweet said, I will be doing a press conference before the game. You will get it from me straight. Is he really calling a press conference to say everything is okay and nothing is changing? I guess we'll find out. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow with the NFL in the middle of the offseason, why not look ahead to who could surprise us the most? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.